Welcome to another week of Off Air, your weekly news, sport and pop culture podcast that drops every single Wednesday as a little midweek pick-me-up. Each week, Nick Stewart and myself, Tim Rubin, pull apart our three biggest stories from the week from the inside, and we'd like to give you a little... Uh, look on the other side of the media curtain as well. Uh, the three stories, as always, total surprise for Nick. I choose them and I spring them on him so that he can't prepare at all. But I'll tell you what they are going to be right now so that you can play along from your side. Uh, we're going to do Channel 10 Cuts. One of the biggest television companies is chopping itself in half. The Russian vaccine, is it real? And a really interesting one, the AFL Richmond's dick flick incident. I don't think we've said the word dick as many times as we're probably about to in this podcast. And also, if you enjoy this, um, we would love to see you. We have two Facebook pages. We've got a business page and a group where we chat about stuff. Search Off Air on Facebook and we can catch you in there. Tim, Nick, yeah, let's with Nick and Tim. Tim. It's real talk. Yeah. It's real walks. This ain't gossip. It's just what we say when we're off air. It's real talk. It's real talk. Just two opinions. We spit what we say. We off air. It's real talk. It's true talk. It's two opinions. We spit what we say when we off air. Nick Stewart, my friend in Queensland, how's your life? Look, I'm going very well, mate. Uh, things aren't super heavily affected up here. We haven't had a lot of cases. Uh, no community transmission, uh, obviously, in a little while after those runaways went down to Melbourne and came back here and came back to Logan. But how are you going? I am. We're one week in because we record this on a Wednesday and the lockdown started last Wednesday. I'm doing all right. I'm looking forward to this, to be honest. Tell me of the outside world. Tell me what's going on. <laughs> Let me live through you because I've done nothing. My highlight what has my- been, yeah, what's been the one little highlight? What's sort of your moment that you go, ah, oh, this is normal? I discovered gardening, which I've never done any of before, but it's quite nice because you're outside and um, you don't have to wear a mask because you're in your backyard. So we did a lot of gardening on the weekend. You know, your green <laughs> bin where you, you like you throw out like leaves and stuff. Yeah. yeah. We filled it up with weeds. <laughs> <laughs> so we literally had to stop because we were like, we don't have anywhere else to put stuff. And then um, green bin night was Monday night. So now we've got an empty green bin. So strap yourselves in for another big weekend. Oh gosh. Get on out there. Get the pins out as well, man. It's so bizarre. Such a bizarre thing that we're sitting in the same country. And yes, we're, we're a couple of thousand kilometers apart, but I mean, I was on the Gold Coast on the weekend in a hotel, going to bars. Uh, live, it was pretty much just life as per normal. Stop it. Uh, Stop I'm it not immediately. I don't even think I had to fill in paperwork at the bar, which might be dobbing. Oh, no, I did. No, no, no. Before I went inside, you had to. It's cool because I've got all the little um, QR codes now yeah, and you, you just scan, scan that. But, uh, yeah, look, I, I don't want to brag, but uh, largely unaffected, I've got to be honest with you. I can't believe you went to bars and everything. It's been so long since I've, I mean, like kind of in, in between the two lockdowns, but still it was very, very tight. I've never, I, I haven't been to like a just like a regular nightclub-y bar in ages. Not since like March. <laughs> really? Yeah. Because they never wow. really reopened. Like pubs and stuff reopened, but they had to serve food. We never got past that, I don't think. God, that is insane. I didn't realize it was that level. We are of, living I mean, we, such we, different lives right now. It's yeah. amazing. Bizarre. All right, give me um I, I'm looking forward to this and please don't tell me that you forgot. Give me a nick pick. Give me something. Oh, I've got to- a nick pick. Great. I got a nick pick. Your recommendation. Uh, 
TV show. It is on Netflix. It's called Marcella. Uh, and season three dropped about a fortnight ago. And I've just started talking to it. It's a, 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 a gritty English crime drama, which if you followed this podcast at all, you'd understand that's about the only thing I consume uh, as media. Uh, so it, it, great season. Picks up well off the second season. It's a it's a good watch. Uh, so pop that on and enjoy it. Pop it on from season one because it's fantastic in season one. It's called Marcella? Marcella, yes. Okay. And it is on Netflix now. What about you, Tim Rubin? What's your Nick pick for this week? I have a Nick pick that actually isn't something to watch. It's something that you can do. That um, If you Ellie start I- gardening, I swear to God, Tim. No, <laughs> it's not gardening. Um, this is an idea that Ellie and I came up with and we've been enjoying it very much. So we wanted to rebrand the six-week lockdown. And so instead of calling it six weeks of lockdown, we're calling it six weeks of surprises. And... Um, so Ellie is my girlfriend. We're locked down together. Um, yes. And we are doing each week is somebody's week to organize some sort of surprise for the other person. And it's given, it's put a really nice little silver lining to all this stuff that we've gone through. So the first week was my week and um, I organized um, some like funny face masks that you might've seen if you follow me on Facebook or Instagram. Um, that was a little surprise for her. And then the other one is we're rewatching the office at the moment. And I organized a cameo, which is one of those like paid video messages by, yes, by, one, of fantastic. The, by one of the much smaller characters from the office because it was way cheaper. So <laughs> I didn't, some of them were like, like 500 bucks. And I was like, that's not the league that I'm playing in right now. But so we finished the episode and I was like, what do you reckon Pam's mum's doing right now? And she's like, what do you mean? I don't know. And I'm like, what do you think she's doing? She's like, I don't know. She's probably like locked down in New York or something. I'm like, let's find out. And so I, and then I opened this video file and it was Pam's mom wishing Ellie a happy, um, happy lockdown and stuff. So that is too cute, Tim. Do you still, so for, for anyone that doesn't know Tim, for a long period of time, you did something called a challenger with a friend as well, where basically you guys would give each other a calendar at the start of the year with a challenge for each month. Does that still happen? It is a non-challenger year for me this year, but, uh, my mate Toby, shout out to him and his partner, Joe, uh, he has a challenger and I hope he's still chugging away at it. I think it's harder for him because some of the challenges that I gave him included like join a men's uh, men's shed, um, run a marathon, things that are hard to do when everything yes, is Yes, this down. year, given the current climate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I don't know how he's going. I got to find out. All right, should we launch into it? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, let's go. Story number one. Nick, we might have to start calling Channel 10 Channel 5 because in the last 48 hours, they've just about chopped themselves in half. Um, Yesterday, it was announced that they were dropping Kerri-Ann Kennelly, Tim Bailey, Natasha Belling from their morning show. And they've also chopped news and weather across the entire country. So they're basically moving to a much more centralized national system, which says goodbye to a lot of uh, news and weather teams from Perth, Adelaide, Brisbane, and much more across regional Australia. Um, Nick, is traditional TV packing up its bags? Are we saying goodbye? Well, I think the concern for me, first and foremost, Tim, is who's going to tell us to run over protesters now and <laughs> use them like speed bumps if Kerry Ann Kennelly isn't there saying outrageous racist shit every single morning on our TVs? Um, but in terms of traditional television, I mean, it's it has it's been going that way for a while. Media has been particularly hit, and this is something that obviously doesn't really get reported on very much because no, it takes a big name like Carrie Ann Kennelly and Tim Bailey. People 
people love Tim Bailey. So, yeah, they flip their lids. Uh, for the way these, he's the weather guy. Yeah, because these names are are in the story. I think that's why it's made such big news. Um, yeah, what were you saying? Sorry. Well, uh, I was just going to say it, it, it. I know for a fact in the radio industry, it has dropped by at least twenty five to thirty percent across the board, and uh, Nova entertainment and over have radio stations in all the major cities they also announced yesterday over the next five weeks that 70 staff will be affected by redundancies really? and, and a full disclosure the company that i'm employed by southern cross Osterio, uh we're very publicly made about 90 people redundant at the end of last year um so in general traditional media the landscape is definitely changing and it's to compete with uh digital media which has just become a, a massive massive beast and all consuming. And it also doesn't have a lot of rules or regulations around it as opposed to traditional. So traditionally in Australia, print, radio, and TV have had very strict laws, guidelines, and compliance uh, things that they have to meet, which makes it harder. Um, so it's interesting to see Channel 10 go this way because they also were bought by an American company about 18 months, two years ago. So I, I look... I think it's very hard for them to compete with streaming services and Mm. and especially in the news area, it's very hard to compete with the fact that we pretty much everyone I know now goes on news.com, which I'm not saying is a great website, but but I remember 10 years ago when I found out about news.com, it was basically only used by people that worked in the media industry. Mm -hmm. So it's been interesting to see how, and then you've just got all the people the sovereign citizens amongst us that just get their news from Facebook. So, but even if I you're mean, not when going was the, on, even if you're not going on news.com, there are very few people who are getting their news and especially their weather from the yes. morning show. Like, I don't yeah. <laughs> who's, who's waking up in the morning and is like, boy, better switch on channel 10 to find out if it's going to rain. Do people even <laughs> need, do they need that anymore? Like they're switching to this centralized version where there's actually going to be one weather person for the entire country now. Should they just scrap it all together? Yes. Well, no, because it's, I guess there are still some people out there. I mean, in general, I don't know how you save that beast, mate, to be honest. I mean, what I would say is what, while we, but while we sit here and we say, Why would you watch news or who gets their news off those services? Uh, Television ratings are are open to the public. You can Google them and find out what the TV ratings are and they're done daily. And Channel 9 and Channel 7 News are consistently in the top four shows uh, of ratings every single night. They consistently rate nearly a million people, which is is like bachelor numbers, to be honest. So I don't know who is watching... Do you sit down, Tim, of an evening and pop on Channel 9? I can't even remember the last time I put it on to our, uh, like, digital TV stations. So I have two televisions in our house. Um, Neither of them are connected to free to air. Yeah. And a study that I found um, from last year said that nearly 25% of households will be ditching traditional television free to air, they suspect, by 2022. And we're already there. So in my house, in my life, I'm already there. So I, I couldn't put on the, I don't even know, the morning show or Studio 10 if I wanted to. Um, yeah, it's gone for me. It, it just doesn't, it, it doesn't hold any relevance. And 
even the other forms of media, because I, I haven't said goodbye to Channel 9 or Channel 10 or whatever in my life entirely. I use their on-demand services. So, like, Well, there you go. We watch, like, we still like watching all those crappy, fluffy reality shows. Um, there's one called Naked and Afraid where they put two people naked in, like, Nicaragua and see if they can survive. Um, side note, they rarely can. Um, <laughs> but that's on 9 now. And we watch that all the time. But I would I I couldn't tell you for a million dollars when it's actually on the television. God, yeah, and well, and if it is, it's probably played five times a week at random times because they've got so many stations clogging up, uh, clogging up the actual content they want to push down your throat. Anyway, look, yeah. I think it's it, it it's it's a changing landscape, and, and if you look at kids now. They never like we at least grew up watching traditional television. Totally. Whereas a, a child now, they won't that won't even be part of their language. Like a lot of kids just watch TV shows off YouTube now and have that rolling. So what I would say is it's always sad to see Australians lose jobs and and, and it is sad to see uh, so many people who have worked so hard growing up wanting these careers no longer have the opportunity to do them. Yeah. I, I was having a look and um I think that this story is definitely skewed. You touched on it earlier, but uh, other than Tim Bailey, Mike Larkham, Georgina Lewis, Josh Holt, Rebecca Morse, Will Goodings, Kate Freeben, um, Mike Schultz, Monica Cost, there's so many of these journos and weather people who are also losing their job. And it's very funny that this whole story is all centered around Kerry Ann Kennelly. Um, I have one question for you, though. Do you think that with her specifically, it's a marker of their dire financial times? Or do you think they are just like, it's we've got to be moving forward now? Because people are watching shows like The Project and they are not watching dinosaurs like Carrie. Gee, I don't know. It's hard. I think she was probably paid a lot. She'd be, she would be getting paid a heritage salary. So I do think it probably had a lot to, a lot to do with the money and them not needing the headache uh, because ultimately all of these revolve around whether advertisers are going to pay money to mm. advertise on your thing. And she was saying some pretty outlandish stuff that said it's pretty in line with what a percentage of some Australians, not myself actually think, um, you know, you've got that Pauline Hanson upper crust type crowd. I do think for her, it was probably just that she would have been on it. She would have been the highest paid person on that show by a mile. Cause they would have been paying for the classic CAC brand getting a bit of cack inside them. So oh God, please don't say that I, anymore. She'll be, mate, she'll turn up. I guarantee you within the next three weeks, she'll have a gig on Sky News in some capacity. I'm looking forward to seeing. I wonder if she's going to go full um, Pete, what's his name, the chef. I reckon she's going to have oh. some spin-off thing. I reckon she's going to have a product. I reckon she's going to have, I yeah. Love this. I, I think they could rebrand it. Get her, yeah, re-brand. get her out there. Maybe she could be the face of sovereign citizens. Maybe this is her chance. Stop leaking back to, She hasn't said anything about sovereign <laughs> citizens. You just. You don't know what she thinks. You just. No don't one like, knows what Carrie Ann thinks. Mate, like she doesn't her. even know what she thinks. You don't like her and you don't like sovereign citizens and you put them together. <laughs> All right, I'm moving forward. You ready, ready for story number two? Sure. I'll shout it out for you. Story number two, Sputnik 5. Nick, Russia has announced a ready-to-go COVID-19 vaccine named Sputnik 5 after less than two months of human testing. Putin says it's safe. He says he's even tested it on his very own daughter. Um, however, they haven't released any research data or information on the drug, which prevents any independent research being done into if the drug works or if the drug is even real. Nick, with that in mind, do you think that we should be the first podcast in the world to announce that we too have a COVID, COVID vaccine? 
<laughs> well, I would assume so. Let's test it on CAC. Let's get Carrie Ann involved in it and see where she stands. I mean, how old? It, but first of all, could I just say that the, the the Russian community in general have been getting a lot of mileage out of that dog because uh, Sputnik was the first dog that was shot into space. No, Sputnik and... has been Sputnik has been everything because it was also the first satellite <laughs> that they shot into space in the fifties. So they just name yeah. everything Sputnik. It's a very good branding campaign. I reckon she's working with the Kardashians uh, or Russia. <laughs> Putin's working with the Kardashians. Um, yeah, they've been doing it since the fifties, naming everything everything Sputnik. Yeah, Sputnik or Sputnik related. But but I don't understand like. So he he reckons he's tested this on his daughter, mm. and at what point is this just? I just don't get it. My head hurts so much thinking about this. I mean, every every logic, uh, every scientist out there that comes from any sort of area uh, of uh, uh, any sort of level of being an educated human being has said it will take at least twelve months of testing at the very minimum to even try to get something going. Mm. Um, but this is just the Cold War again, isn't it? It's America against Russia, against China. They're all going to be big noting each other. Everyone's going to be saying that they have the vaccine to fix this problem. I mean, we're talking about a country that still doesn't believe that homosexuals exist. So maybe they've I just, got a vaccine I, I, for that too. Well, exactly. So I just take it with a grain of salt, yeah. really. But I find it interesting that he said he tested it on his daughter because that's a very Donald Trump thing to say. Totally, totally. I also take that sentence in itself with a grain of salt because I, I'm sh- I'm pretty sure I've seen stories about Putin having his own family members whacked. Um, I, I don't think that that's like a major secret, that he is a very, very crazy man and that family lines don't mean a huge deal to him. My question with this is, is it something that you can bluff about? Can you lie about this? Because if you are bluffing, the rubber is going to hit the road very, very soon. When the Russia is saying that there are over 20 countries who have ordered the vaccine, saying that they've asked for over 1 billion versions of it or 1 billion doses of it. Like, you can either ship those doses and then all those scientists will be able to test it themselves, or you can't. So what's the point in bluffing about it if it is a lie? I, I mean, you raise a good point. It, it it would be very hard for them to come back from this. But again, they don't really care. Like they say stuff all the time that's outrageous. And as but and the other thing is, in Russia, they love Putin. Like Russian yeah. people really, really love um, Putin, and they see him as a national hero and a savior. So I mean, it's probably it maybe it's come from a bit of internal pressure within the company for him to provide some sort of result. Mm. Um. I mean, initially he completely downplayed it and said that there were no cases in Russia. And then remember, he came out in a spacesuit for a press conference, I didn't uh, see like it. dressed like a like. A, didn't you see that he was dressed like a NASA astronaut for what? Just to show that the levels of protection that Russians have available to them in the fight against coronavirus. <laughs> the virus is one in Russia. Had. The virus is taking over Earth, so we're leaving. Exactly. <laughs> so it's. I mean, the whole thing around a vaccine is it is this whole thing is going nowhere. Like, you know, we, we record this on a, on a Wednesday, as you said, and just this morning or late yesterday afternoon, the Northern Territory announced that they're going to be locked down until 2022. Yeah. So they're getting really ahead of the curb. This is just something we're all going to have to live with for the foreseeable future. It's really odd and it'll feel like a short time when it's over. But right now it feels like a marathon. And as you said, I don't think there's any benefit to anyone lying about it. Yeah. Um, Do you think that it's worth rushing 
Do you think, like, if if you create a vaccine and it's ninety nine point nine percent successful, uh, which is a number that you might be able to come to within two months, but then you ship it to over a billion people, that point one is going to be a huge, huge hole in a billion people. That's thousands. I, I can't do the math in my head. No, I know, but I just feel. Well, I don't know. I just feel so uneducated. I, like, I'm. It's this weird concept, and it's really gone by the wayside. Uh, especially this century. But I I don't know enough about this to have an opinion, Tim. <laughs> and I think that that's something, that's something that we should all embrace a little bit more of in our lives, if that makes sense. Because <laughs> I think a lot of people at the moment uh, are just talking out their ass. Vladimir Putin, uh, prime example of that. Like how 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 would I think? I I mean, I, scientists make mistakes all the time, but that's what literally science is the basis of making mistakes mm. to try to find out the correct way forward. So, look, would I be rushing out to get a vaccine if I was aware that it has been tested to ninety nine percent? Gee, it's a hard question because I also know that the majority of of people my age and in my country and with my health bracket. Uh, that can track coronavirus aren't very heavily affected at all. Yeah, yeah. So it's how about you? Would you jam it in? What's your go? Um, no, I I think I think the same as you. Like because I don't have a huge like I'm pretty overall healthy, so I have a fear of um contracting coronavirus because I don't want to be a part of a problem and I don't want to spread something. Like my greatest fear would be to find out that I've had it for a week. And go, oh my yes. God, I could have given it to these people. And so that's why like, I take isolating seriously and I've been taking the mask stuff seriously. Um, but my, I, I'm not too fearful of the implications that it would have on my personal health. I, I could be totally wrong because there, there does seem to be a person in their 30s dying every couple of weeks. But their health background is a whole other question. It's something that I just don't know yeah, the answer to. Exactly. And I mean, the word, the word like you, you hear about worst case scenarios all the time. Obviously, losing your sense of taste and stuff, that is a bit scary um, when, when you hear stories like that. Mm. But it's not something where I have a lot of personal concern. I think same as you, my concern comes from unwittingly spreading it around to other people. Yeah. Um, if we just go back to the if we just go back to the Russia announcement, um, I think it's really interesting if we pull apart some of the information that they have given away. So uh, like I said before, Putin has said that over 20 countries have ordered the drug um, with over 1 billion doses being requested. Yeah, but how many, so can I just say how many countries made up the USSR? Like that is still a very tight knit group of countries, Eastern Europe, and there's about 12 there. And I dare say he would have just pushed that on all of them and to this, start with. Well, this is my point. The fact that he hasn't mentioned what any of those countries are is like, it's a fantastic marketing scheme. To be like, we have the drug. There's already a line. Boy, oh boy! Like if if China comes knocking, oh, I don't know, China. I'm not sure if we're going to be able to get you on the list. Look, man, I'm going to do my best. I'm going to really try and get a couple doses for you. Meanwhile, there are no countries on the list. Like he's literally trying to manufacture demand and make it seem like they have something that world leaders are taking very, very seriously. I haven't seen a statement from any world leaders saying that they are taking this seriously or that they have made an order. The only thing that I've seen is the WHO um, saying that they are currently working with Russia to develop the drug, which I believe they're probably working with every country to develop 
and, and as many companies as they can. So absolutely. Well, they and they are. Yeah, it's, they're very public about that. Like, but Russia loves meddling in stuff. There's, an, there's a U.S. election coming up. Yeah. I'm sure they'll be able to get their dick wet in that as well. <laughs> I think that's a good note to end this on. Story number three. In the AFL, this one might actually sneak up on you, Nick. You might not have seen this because I know that you live deep, deep in NRL territory. So in the yeah, AFL... we've got plenty going on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, in the AFL, Richmond players have been involved in a first for both football and sexual assault. They are involved in a potential sexual sexual assault case against each other. So <laughs> is this news to you? I, I feel like this could have slipped under your radar. It, it, it almost did, but I saw some headlines no. and I, I couldn't help but click on them because I laughed so hard. But it, please okay. put the details out. So the background is uh, the Richmond Tigers lost to Adelaide on Saturday. And after the game, the camera cuts to the Tigers in their locker room and they do the, the team song in the circle that they always do. And in the footage, you can see two players. Uh, their names are Nick Vlaston and Jaden Short. There's no way for me to say this. Flicking the dick and kind of like doing like a grope, but more like a penetrative grope, like a like an up the bum mm-hmm. poke of another player called Mebois Chol. So this is blown up. So there's these guys like flicking this guy's dick and balls while they're in the circle and they're all kind of singing and chanting and stuff. This yeah. is blown up. Some articles have been labeling this as sexual assault because they're clearly touching somebody's genitals without consent. And this is something that obviously AFL in general takes very seriously. And some articles... Oh, I would say they're extremely serious at yeah. it. They practice it nearly every off-season considerably. <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> Some articles and commentators, um, including one by Liz Ellis that has come out today, have labelled it as racist because uh, Chol, if you don't know, is an African-Australian. He is a black guy and the other two guys are white. Um, Interestingly, and I think this is very important, Chol has said to the media, I have no issue whatsoever with those players or any of my teammates, but I understand that this is not the sort of example that we should be setting. Boy, oh boy, Nick is a bit of dick flicking sexual assault in a locker room. It's a real, <laughs> I never thought of this. Can I just say, trust, tr- look, I'm going to get in trouble again here, Please. but whatever. Trust Victorians to, to have. Stop firing up at Victorians, okay? No, this doesn't have trust any- no, no. Trust Victorians to have the biggest issue going on for their state at the moment yeah. to be a sack whack in a locker room after a football match. Like, just stay in your fucking houses and wear masks, people. <laughs> Sorry. But why is this? I have no idea how this became a national headline. If anyone has been around any sort of football player, either amateur or professional, ever, you would understand that for some bizarre reason, specifically with AFL, and it does happen in the NRL as well and rugby union, but specifically in the AFL, they love getting naked and they love groping each other. And there is huge elements of homoeroticism to the sport in general. So it really blew me away that this was a surprise to anyone that this happens in a locker room because it happens all the time. And if he reckons he's okay with it, then doesn't that end it then and there? I think it. Well, I mean, it's. I, I don't know. It's interesting. Um, he hadn't given consent at the time, and mm. 
So I, like whether or not there's an implied level of consent because of the relationship between the players, but it does, uh, I, I think he's had a good response, which is obviously um, it's not a good example because they are setting examples and they're on the television as well. So they're not just hanging out in a locker room. Yeah, I don't know. It raises some really good, really good questions. Have you been involved in, like, we've both played sport all of our lives. Have have you found that the, the like, a bit of that kind of homoerotic, like the bum slapping and whatever, the sack whacking, like, it's kind of, it's kind of entrenched in sport. And I don't know why. Part, I was going to say it's part and parcel. I was trying to rack my brain uh, for specific situations, but I've definitely, I've definitely slapped guys on the ass. I've definitely had my ass slapped. Uh, but, but I think the bigger thing is, look, what, let me ask, this is a question. Why do we see into, can I just ask the broader question? Why do we see into locker rooms? Like, why is that, why is that even a thing when it comes to media coverage? I don't fully understand the concept of who is the winner there? Who, where, where does the win come from for anyone involved? Well, the win comes for the viewers because if we pulled it, if we got rid of it and then one coverage started doing it, everybody would watch that one coverage because people want to see how people want to see how people are obsessed with their favorite teams, with their favorite players and people, these players are more than just sporting figures on on television. Uh, People want to see how they're dealing with a loss. They want to see how they're celebrating a win. I mean, it's like a religion for a lot of people. So yeah, but they people are more interested in it than the athletes. It's like I don't understand why you see like uh, after a football match, there's a there's an image of a guy crying or a guy smiling, and it's like, look, he doesn't give a shit about his club. And it's like they, by this by the point nowadays, like we build these athletes from the age of ten. Yeah, like kids get signed up into rugby league as young as ten. Yeah, and they might play on twenty different teams before they're the age of twenty two. Like for them, it is it, it, as much as these are team sports. There is a lot of individualism that goes into it, and this also breeds to a broader culture. I mean, if you look at sport in general, now there's so much money involved. It isn't just a case of this kid grew up in, say, Richmond, for example. This kid grew up in Richmond. He and played so junior for, for Richmond. Richmond he's yeah. gone through. I mean, they've all gone around. They've all played with each other. They've all chopped and changed, and they have as much like they have as much of a right as for it to be a business as the owners of the team who have always treated it like a business. So this is just guys going about their job. And yeah, it was a stu- whatever. It's a silly dickhead thing to do, I guess. But did we expect these guys to be road scholars? Like, are we, are we expecting these guys to be bastions of societal norms nowadays? Okay, so the AFL has slammed it. There's been an investigation by Richmond into the club. Uh, the club itself has slammed it. There's been an apology by the players. Do you think there should be a ban on dick touching in sport? <laughs> I never thought I would ask the question. Or of bum yeah, slapping like or whatever. Say- like, like, should there be a ban of these things? Like, on one hand, in a workplace, because this is the way that they're looking at it. And the AFL has said anybody should have the right to go to work and not experience those things. Um, should Should they ban it? Is it work? Is it work? Though? Or is it too I far? Mean, this, is where, this is, I think this is this whole, I, I don't want to be on, on, like, I don't want to be on Carrie Ann Kennelly's side here, 
But I think we're pushing the boat a bit too far out to say that the AFL is a standard work environment because yeah. surely everyone deserves the right to go to work and not be hit from behind by a six foot five hundred and twenty five kilo man. <laughs> yeah. Like you know what I mean? When, when, when do we when do we put this in one and not the other? Like every it, this is a unique work environment, and you would say it's actually a leisure thing that people get paid large amounts of money to do. So I don't think it's fine to say, like, I don't think anyone is going in and being like, oh, I saw so-and-so from the Richmond Tigers grab so-and-so's ass. So you know what? I'm going to lay one on Kathy's behind at the office printer on Monday. Like, I don't think it makes it part and parcel. These, these are very unique sports environments and you can't just pick and choose certain aspects um, to try to lay on people. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but these people are leaders. I mean, I, I don't necessarily think all of this, I'm kind of playing devil's advocate, but these people, no, these do. people are leaders. People do watch these, uh, do watch them and look up to them. Kids okay, let watch me, them. Let me just stop so you there. we are normalizing the way in which they behave. If you, if you raise your child to take their ethics moral compass and values from someone who is paid to professionally hit other people, you are a failure of a parent. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm serious. You are. You, yeah, if you, you don't think choose. Like- no, but you don't choose. You don't. You, I, I mean, we're both speaking as non-parents firstly. You don't yeah, exactly. choose. If you watch football and your kid watches football, they're going to idolize their favorite player. And- I have a chat to them afterwards and say, look, uh, Dustin Martin... Great player, took great, your fuck great head. football player. Don't know if I would uh, go out and get his neck tattooed. Like you know what I mean? You can say, look, that guy is is tremendous and he's a professional and he commits himself to the game. But I also don't think you need to be reading from the same playbook as him when it comes to how you treat women. Or and I'm not saying he treats women no, poorly, no, no, no. but I'm just saying you are able to separate a game from who you are as a person. And it's probably not very healthy parenting in general if you want your child to 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 follow every single aspect of any human's life because we're all we all make mistakes. So you can have role models, but you don't have to believe everything they did was correct. Mm. But how do you connect? And it's hard. Yeah. There's a, I mean, again, we're not parents, but parenting is a very complex thing. But I think it's just a, is is am I insane here? Like, do they do they think that they've uncovered some sort of systematic sexual violence specifically with the tigers? Like, this cannot be the first time a guy has sack whacked or grabbed another guy's penis in a, in a sports environment. Mm. Like, yes, it's just half the time they're bloody naked anyway. Yeah. So I don't understand. <laughs> like, it's, when it first popped up, I was like, is this the biggest thing going on in Victoria at the moment? Why do Have you, I missed some headlines? Where do you think it comes from? Because uh, I'll, I'll be honest, like for this conversation, I've largely been playing devil's advocate because yeah. we've got to explore the issue totally. Uh, growing up, like I've played a lot of sport. I played um, NRL, rugby union, basketball, soccer. Um, those are the main team sports that I've played. And there is that those elements of like bum slapping and whatever. It is just a part of sport. And I, I've really been racking my brain because I've been looking at this story and I've been trying to understand why it is that these two things seem to just go hand in hand universally, like across every sport all around the world. Where do you think that where do you think it even comes from? It has nothing to do with the, the games. I think it actually just breeds intimacy. 
to be perfectly honest, yeah. non-sexual intimacy uh, between a group of people because you want to build trust for that team. Yeah. So you want to trust the people next to you and it, and it really – it, it goes on to that, but it's also that schoolboy element. Like usually I think we all sort of revert back to that real young adolescent thing when it comes to sport, because we all play sport. So like you generally you start playing sport when you're a kid. So a lot of people still have that mindset. I don't really know. Like it, it happens in life in general. You go around, give your mates a hug, whatever. I was, when I was on the Gold Coast on the weekend, there was a guy that was particularly cuddly. I think that there's something that happens in men. I've been trying to pull this apart in my head. I think that there's something that happens in men that uh, for a lot of men, they spend a lot of time protecting their masculinity. And I, I mean, I hate to say it, but like when somebody calls out another man's masculinity publicly, um, it's a real quick way um, to cause confrontation, basically, or, yeah. or to insult yep. them. Yeah, um, absolutely. To question somebody's masculinity or question their sexuality. And I think that something happens when you are bonding with with people and you bond very deeply when you're a part of a team environment. And there is something in letting people uh in and letting people beyond those regular walls and saying like yeah we can kind of poke fun at each other in those ways and it's the same with you know when when uh, just the way that people self-deprecate or people like pay out their mates or whatever there's something about crossing barriers that you wouldn't normally be able to do in normal circumstances with a stranger that creates that level of connection and I think that for footballers or athletes in particular, when you're living your whole life um, jumping on top of each other and working together physically, I think that that's potentially why it kind of grows that element because you are breaking down those physical barriers literally every day. Does that, what do you think of that? Does that make sense? Does yeah. that mean anything? No, I think that means something. I mean, I think... I think I think that you're right. I think it's a that, that that's a pretty good analysis of the situation. But I also just think like we all fucking touch each other all the time, and, and, and it's, it's sometimes inappropriate, and it's sometimes not. And obviously, I would never condone anything that is violent or some sort of submission of power over yeah. someone. Yeah. Um. But but. You know, we we live in such a coddled period and everyone just needs to stop trying to pick elements apart of other people but just because they don't like things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just let it go. Like for these these two guys have been massively publicly shamed. Like can you – what I actually thought when I read the story was like can you imagine it from the perspective of like having to come out and be like – I am sorry. Uh, I would like to publicly apologize for whipping my teammate on the penis <laughs> and for trying to stick my finger up his bum. Wow. Like, can you imagine the Hopawade? Like in 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 rugby league, there yeah. was a famous John Hopawade situation where he was actively sexually assaulting players of the opposition on the field. Um, he said he was using it as a hold, as a way of holding somebody, grabbing well, hold. It works, he was like, it's like yeah, a handle. It's certainly which, one way. Fuck. Yeah, it's like a bowling ball. Jesus Christ. Um, but, but yeah, can you imagine the embarrassment yeah. and the shame? Like imagine going to your dad and being like, dad, you're going to see something on TV. Uh, it's not going to be that fun. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I just I was blown away that this was a story because I was like, this is the most 
common thing ever. But, but isn't this just more a case of like Victorians idolization of AFL and the Tigers are a particularly successful team. So it's probably just people looking to try to find ways to tear them down. Like overarchingly, wouldn't that be the more likely situation? Yeah, that's actually a really interesting thought that I, that, that to be honest, I hadn't had before because it is interesting that this has blown up to such a, such a huge degree. So there is a good well, chance. And it hasn't then spitballed into like, why haven't they looked back at the tape of every other dressing yeah. room of every other team over the past 30 years and seen it happen every single week? Yeah. You do have to wonder if they weren't the premiers, if it would be the same. Yeah. Ex- yeah. And yeah. you guys are crazy. Like, we think we like, like, what I will say is up in Queensland, we think we like rugby league, but we have got nothing on the way Victorians, like, it's a religion it is. in Victoria. All right. So we're both pro a little dick flick. Yeah, just a little <laughs> bit here the and there. Away. I feel like these odd comments are going to age poorly, but just why not? Yeah. Give, give your mate a pat on the bum. Yeah, hope you've enjoyed this episode. We will have to delete it in a number of months. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's the end of story number three of Off Air. Dick Stewart, it's always it's a pleasure as always. Um, and if you've enjoyed this episode, oh, we have a new Facebook uh, page. Go to facebook.com forward slash off air. AU um, and get around that. And uh, look, if you enjoy what we do, please give it a review, give it a subscription, give it a like, show us how you're listening as well. Give us a screen, send us a screenshot of um, whatever Apple program. Oh, it is you, you hey, settle down. You're coming on pretty strong. Here. Too many things. Okay, I'll realize. Yeah, that. you can. What do you want to like, subscribe, screenshot? Just, just tell us that you're involved because we'd love to hear. Give from us you. a little pat on the bum. Give us a give us a little penis flick, just quietly. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.